they are back. Out of the darkness cometh light. Welcome to the new look ENS Wolves podcast with Joe Edwards, Rosie Swarbrick, Steve Bull, and your host, Nathan Judah. Well, hello, everybody. We are back. It is episode 134. That is 134. It's the ENS Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. I am here in the bubble at ENS Towers with Miss Rosie Swarbrick. Swarbs, how's it going? Yeah, it's all right. It's a Thursday, isn't it? Oh, is it Friday? I don't know what day we're meant to be. Anyway, that's great. That's, that's <laughs> Wolves reporter Rosie Swarbrick. And and um, you, you're solo today. Well, I say you're solo. You're not. We, we, we've got your other half, but he is he is from afar because he is on his week. Not your other half, as in, you know. Yeah, yeah, just you my, other, my other Wolves correspondent. Your other Wolves correspondent. Yeah. Even though he is on holiday, he said, I'm not going to miss this for the world. There's actually that's nothing going on today for him. Um, from home, it's Mr. Joe Edwards. Joe, come in, Joe. Can we hear you, Joe? Yeah. Edwards. Talk about dedication, doing this on my uh, week off. And I'll, I'll tell you what, it's been a jam-packed week. Um, what, what, what's, it, what's it involved? FIFA? Uh, Mario Kart? I've, yeah, I've bought one of them Switches, and Nintendo Switch, and you, you get oh, mate. All, the, mate. All, the, all the SNES and NES classics on there. So a bit of Punch-Outs, a bit of Super Mario Kart, a bit of uh, Super Mario Do you know Brothers. What? It's funny you should say that, right? I have resisted going through all the consoles for for a long time. I think the last console I actually had was a was a Nintendo a Super Nintendo because I'm like, I haven't got time for it. Obviously, you play your Football Manager on your PC, yeah. and that keeps you going. But I, you know, all these the Xboxes and the Playstations. And then last week, Mrs. is like, we should get a Switch. We should get a Switch. I'm like, no, because then you know it just takes away from time. We haven't got time for it anyway. Bought a Switch. Unbelievable, mate, isn't it? How good is it? Fantastic. It, Mario Kart it's, it's is a game changer. Oh, mate, it's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, I don't know where the hours are going to go. I mean, sack off work. This is the way forward. Rosie, you got any any kind of computer situation for you? Uh, my other half has a Switch. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah, he, he, I was calling him a geek the other day, and then he brought the Crash Bandicoot, you know, the oh, first yeah, one out. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because I'm like Crash and Spyro, so he's like, just play this. And I was like, just there with the oogada boogada bar. It's like, oogada boogada bar. The, the mask that comes wow. up. You know, like the mask. I, I've, I haven't played Crash for years. It's oh, I to... love Crash. Really? I love Crash. I have so much time for it. I saw a Sonic versus Mario Olympic thing yeah, I think, coming yeah. on. I might have to buy that. The missus wants to buy the new, this new fit one with the circle. You know where you can kind of like get fits yeah, like a gym, yeah, and you're yeah, squeezing. Yeah. I'm not. It seems a bit gimmicky to me. That to be fair, but I mean, I mean, fair play. You've got to cover your market, don't you? Oh, of course, yeah. How's your wedding plans going, Joe? Anyway, for for the big day, have you have you got all sorted out now? Have you got your, your um, table settings done? I went, I went and well, one of the few times I left the house this week mm. um, was <laughs> on Tuesday. <laughs> one of the wonderful um, t- few times you you've put some pants on. <laughs> yeah, to go and have a suit fitting. Okay. And, um, it was. I was very pleased, actually, very pleased. Uh, oh, really? Navy suit, nice. um, kind it's of three-piece. Um, yeah, it's gone. yeah, what about your gold suit from the podcast? Yeah, what about that one? <laughs> yeah, not quite, about that one. <laughs> not quite that garish. Um, but yeah, navy, bit of a, like a check kind of thing going on with a waistcoat. How old um, are you again, oh, for people who don't know, I didn't nice. hear, how old are you, Joe? Uh, 22 22 years old you're such a little baby I can't believe you're getting married I feel like the proud dad um, but from, from a proud dad point of view I mean I don't know why when are you sending your invitations out 
Uh, I've got them actually. Speaking of the invitations, I'm actually in kind of my uh, back bedroom. Yeah, and they're on the desk. Uh, oh, oh right, okay, for the big day. Oh right, so do we not get to save the day or anything like that, or you know, I mean, just wait to see. There was what? a there was a joint one for the desk, but I don't know if you actually ever saw it. It was just a general sports desk. Save the day. So what time do I need to be there? And what table have I got? <laughs> what uh, VIP? You get a special one, mate. No, I don't yeah. mind that. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. There was there was some someone some word some rumor some word on the street that that we were all getting invited to the night do, but not the day do. I mean, for people who do that, the night do and the day do. I feel like, and, and, and don't don't get me wrong, I'm sure it's, it's still a lovely thing. The night do are like, well, you haven't quite made it to the inner sanctum, but I tell you what, mm. we'll keep you happy. We'll go for a few drinks afterwards, you know, all all the kind of like scallywags will get you out of the way, and then we'll bring you in when everybody else has had a few drinks. But but I'm not in that group, am I, Joe? We've got Joe? a maximum of sixty day guests. Which... No, I don't, I don't yeah. like the way this is going. Uh, no, if you've got sixty day guests, you've got to be ruthless. I mean, your top plan. ten. I mean, you, I mean, anyone's top ten. No, you've got to be ruthless. You've got to be ruthless. You can't think about work or anything uh, like that. You've just got to think straight up, like because you're even reducing your friends there. That sounds like families even getting invited to the night. That, well, that's it. That's it. And, and if you if you invite <laughs> one or two yeah. from work, but then leave the rest for the night, I, I think it's just yeah. best. I think it's just best to kind of come on. Let's go on the night. Let's get drunk. Are, so. are you are you joking? Like the, yeah, but there's there's that. But then there's inviting me. Like I've you know, no, actually no one's invited me to a wedding yet for a long oh, time. Gosh, no Wolves no. fans invite me to their weddings. Gosh, and no. I'd like to have to be a crasher, aren't I? I just think you've just got to realise, you know, sometimes what? you get to a certain stage in life where people don't want you at the wedding. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. I'm a life and soul. It's absolutely incredible. I could have, I could do a little live podcast from the wedding. We could potty from the wedding. Mandy, you say you're at home and you do good, good commitment. I took my, I took the microphone. You probably remember a while ago now. Um, I took it to Florida when I was on the and Hawaii. I've taken it to when I've oh, done no. the podcast from there. Mrs. Not so, not so crash hot on that. Not crash bandicoot, <laughs> crash hot on me taking the uh, the po- the. the microphone away with me but hey how you know sometimes you've got to go that pack that extra six kilograms away fair play fair, um, fair play that's commitment where are you off on honeymoon Joe? uh mexico oh mexico that's yeah, nice t- yeah 10 nights in mexico and it, it is it is during the season so wow um, what this season or next season? Oh, this season uh this season so march so there's a potential i believe of missing a Last sixteen tie, I believe, Ooh. or quarter final of the Arab League. It's one of them. Um, well, you, if you Wolves can go get there, like so. um, Raul Limonez's mates, can't you? And oh, just yeah. do like that, an that, alternative sort of Facebook live. There with you them. go. A few Vox like, Pops, happy days. Find all the wolf shirts <laughs> in Mexico. You'll fit in, won't you? You'll fit yeah. in with the uh, with the black and gold gear. I tell you what, does fit in today. This. Yes, it is. Tonight's families are the Swarbrick and the Edwards family. We're having an early, an early quiz today. I thought a bit of in a quiz mood. We've, we've got plenty of action going on. It's going to be a good little podcast. So I'm going to go for a quick uh, um, little cheeky family fortunes because I found in my desk, in my drawer. Wait, wait, wait for it. Yes, I found the old buzzer. 
So, um, it's a very quick one. There's three rounds, of course, as normal. If we get a decider, then, then we'll have the third one. If not, then we might choose to, to uh, just give it a miss. Um, Joe, obviously, you can't, you can't buzz in, but Rosa, you can. There's your, there's your little buzz in. Um, Joe, just say, just say Joe, okay? Joe. Okay? Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> Top five answers on the board. We ask 100 people to name, or we don't ask 100 people to name. These are just stats. Um, top five Wolves players had the most shots this season. Oh, Swarbrick. Jimenez. Roll Jimenez. Is there? It's number one on the board. Would you like to play or pass? Play or pass? I think I'm going to pass this. She's going to. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to Controversial. Do a new move. There you go. I like that move. A little bit of sneakiness, Joe. So, yeah. the Edwards family, uh, four more answers on the board. Can you find them, please? Uh, Ruben Neves. Ruben Neves is there. He is number three with 17 shots. Raul Jimenez, by the way, 34 shots leads it uh, quite considerably. Uh, Diego Jota. Diego Jota is number two on the board with 24 shots. Two more to find, Joe. Um, it's a good start for you. Good Adam start. Trio, right? Adama Trio is there. Number five. So just one more to find and you've got three mm. lifelines. Um... It's a bit, bit of a guess, mm. but Catrone. Oh, misses out. Sixth, just missed out there. Mm. So you have got to find one more. You've got two lives left. Attack-minded player. Mm. Um, mm. Quick game's a good game. Matt Doherty. Matt Doherty is there. Edwards. Yes. Yeah, hits the Lovely. 100, baby. 1-0 to the Edwards family. That was, that was a poor pass from you, Rosie. Poor I, pass. I thought last time, every time... Like I let Joe play, I won. Right, okay. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just passing it to him. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So I was thinking tactically, it's not paid off. No, it hasn't hasn't paid off. Your tactics haven't paid off. Let's go, <laughs> let's go back to a, let's go back to a three four three swarbs. Okay, here we go. Um, are you ready for the yeah. second one? Second yeah. round. Yeah. Fingers on buzzers and can you name the top five Wolves players who have had the, won the most aerial battles this season? <laughs> oh, Swarbrick in there. Swarbrick. Connor Cody. Connor Cody. Wait, is not there. No. Connor Cody is not there. Interesting, uh, very interesting. Joe? Um, Willie Bolly? Willie Bolly is there. It's the top answer. Willie Bolly, 39 aerial battles won. Um, Rosie, not a bad guess from you, to be fair. A bit unlucky there, you think. Uh, Connor Cody, sixth, to be fair. So just missed out on the top five. But uh, Mr. Willie Bolly, yes, is number one. Would you like to play or pass? Edwards. Uh, I'm going to chance my arm. I'm going to play. Oh, he's going to play. He's going to play. He's going to play. Okay, um, Joe. I'll go. Julie Edwards. Remain um, Remain says is there. Number four on the list. Twenty-three aerial battles run. Now your cousin Connor say um, Connor Edwards. Raul <laughs> um, Jimenez. Raul Jimenez is there. Number five on the list. Very good. 22 aerial battles won. This could be a clean sweep again. You could be losing this, Swords. Well, I'm going to have a go. Um, two left. Leander Dendonka. Leander Dendonka is there. Number three on the list with 30. Just one more to find and three lifelines left. Uh, Ryan Bennett. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely superb effort. It's not fair. Uh, Ryan Bennett, 16. <laughs> Just missed out. Same as Connor Cody. Two... Answers are oh, one answer to find, two lives, two lives to go. Matt Doherty. Matt Doherty, is it there? 
It is! It's number two on the list, Joe yeah. Edwards! 2-0, magnificent work, magnificent work. Fair do, Swarbs, you got absolutely stuffed. I know. You got smashed to pieces. You got demolished. Go but time off, time to refresh, reconsider, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and come reflect, back and reflect. And win. Just, um, who do you think, um, I'm not going to go for the last one, but um, who do you think will be the top person with the interceptions this year, who would you say? You have to guess one person with the most interceptions. Moutinho. You would say Moutinho, who would you say, Rosie? Nevers. Nevers. Nevers, number five on the list. Moutinho, number two. Johnny was number one Ooh. with 21. Mm. Johnny be good. Johnny be good. Johnny, and he has been very, very good lately. Um, right, let's uh, let's talk, let's talk. A beautiful Derby Day win. 2-1. Could have been a lot, lot more, but still, um, Wolves 2. Vila! Vila! As the South Bank was saying, uh, one. Joe, uh, what did you make of it? Happy days. Yeah, very, very much happy days. Oh, it was... 2-1, could have been 5-1, 6-1 on another day. And uh, Wolves were dominant. And the only criticism that you could have was that they didn't put uh, enough shots away. But um, Villa had a weakened side, of course. Uh, three injuries going into it, and then the keeper gets crocked in a, in a matter of minutes. But you've still got to play what you're up against and uh, treat it as, as, you would have, as you always would. And Wolves... It's certainly the best they've been at home this season. One of the best performances they've had this season. In the top three, I'd say, for me, with City and Arsenal as well. Um, you wanted them to rise to the occasion, get that win before the international break, and have done just that. It was a good day all round. Yeah, and Rosie, I think that what impressed me, and probably you as well, on the day, is that they've been starting so slowly in games in the first half. And OK, they didn't they didn't um, score as many as they wanted to, especially in that first half. But they started so well, they pressed Villa. And, and I think that's something that we haven't seen recently. Yeah, they took advantage of the game situation as well. You know, as soon as the goalkeeper went off, they sort of seized that momentum. It's just like Joe says, you know, taking your chances. It's going to be important in those games. You know, there's going to be games later on in the season where you sat there and you're gonna, only going to have three or four chances. And you've got to be clinical if you want to be keep competing at that top end of the table so for me just a, a few more chances that they need to take but other than that some of the football we've been watching um, the game at Arsenal was one of the best football matches I've seen in a long time some of the football this 3-4-3 formation it's just you know the the way that Matt Doherty played on the wing I was really impressed with Doherty's play on the wing Traore who fortunately we just heard this week that it's a little bit of a, a hamstring injury but that we're expecting him hopefully back for the trip to Bournemouth so that's good news because Traore again has just been such a phenomenal player for Wolves and roast the occasion again yeah um, it's just it's just like you say it's converting those chances do you feel guys that that, that will come um, is that something that needs to be worked on or, or do you feel it's just they've just been unlucky I, I think they've just been uh, the, the big thing is that they're creating chances and you'd so much sooner it be this way than creating nothing at all and scraping through games one nilers and stuff like that yes they haven't been winning by big margins but they're creating a lot of opportunities and you've got to think if they carry on attacking in the same way especially the likes of Jota um, then the goals will will come um, Jimenez is kind of a great example to follow because you know you look you're looking at him at the moment and his conversion rate probably isn't as good as he as you'd suspect you, you look you look at the um, shots that he's had during games. Yes, they're not all 
uh, clear cut chances, but he has about seven or eight shots a game and then ends up scoring. But it's just a case of keep on knocking at the door, keep on asking questions, and you'll get your reward. And um, I think he's a great example to follow in that respect. And uh, the likes of Jota and even Cotrone, you know, if he's coming on, uh, he's not found that goals are easy to come by. If follow him as him as his uh, example, I don't think you'll be uh, too far off. I know where. Uh... I know Villa had injuries, and obviously, when you when you're going down to your third third choice keeper after a matter of minutes, you, you're struggling. But at the same time, got to show a bit more than that. I mean, just get stuck in, you know, just you roll your sleeves up and, and have a good go, Derby. Make it a bit feisty. I just thought they were absolute gash. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, <laughs> they were absolutely terrible, pretty... weren't they? They were awful. Yeah, the, the were, and Dean Smith said as much afterwards, didn't he? Uh, he said the the first half is one of the worst. He's seen uh, in his time as Villa manager. Uh, was quite uh, complimentary quite as well of, of Traore and, mm. and Jimenez, but says Villa were absolutely nowhere near at it in the first half and it wasn't good enough uh, to, to compete and get results in the Premier League. So, fair play to him for, for fronting up. I was a bit surprised looking at the stats. I think it was 13 attempts for Villa and it just didn't feel like that on the day. Thirteen attempts of getting past the halfway line. Well, it was just one of those where you just like they've had how many shots, and I was just trying to recollect in my mind. I think four were on target, and you're thinking of Patricio says it's not a game where you walked away from it. Going, no, oh, Patricio's had a blinder. No. It was just one of those where you're thinking you did ex- you did want more from Villa, yeah. but they did have that period of pressure where because the score line was how it was mm. before the Jimenez goal where you're thinking it's just going to be one of those days yeah. but I think it was it was just so great to get that second goal but like I just think there'll be a, a day where Wolves will just end up with like a, a 9-0 a oh, Leicester yeah. style well. 9-0 when, when everything clicks and I think that's a great thing looking at this Wolves team when everything is clicking into place they're improving as the season goes on and they haven't hit the heights that they can yet they haven't hit their full potential yet and I think that when they do, it will be fantastic to watch. Play 12, 1-3, drawn 7. That's the most draws in the in the Premier League this year. Drawn 7, only lost 2. Um, only, as I say, they've only lost 2. Only Liverpool undefeated this season, but but everybody else has lost 2 or more. So, so fair play, they've only lost 2 games this season. Um, same as Leicester, same as Chelsea um, as well. 4-16 um, against 15... Point sixteen and eighth place, uh, guys. Eighth place and only one point off Sheffield United in fifth. I mean, they're overachieving. They're doing fantastic work, Sheffield United, and, and them to coming to to more than you sooner rather than later. It's it's looking good, isn't it? For a, for a, a what has been, I think, a very difficult opening set of fixtures. It, it has. It, it's been really good, and I think we said it the other way. Could somebody offered you this position, you would have you would have glad, gladly uh, taken it, and. I did say in the comment piece uh, probably about a month ago that if Wolves got top half and uh, knockout stages of the Europa League that would be a great season and I still stand by that but mm-hmm. having kind of seen how things have panned out I, I, You're a little I bit greedy so it's rude to be a little bit greedy Yeah, yeah I can't yeah. rule out you know, top, top eight really mm. you know, maybe a kind of push for seventh it's going gonna, it's gonna to be it's going to be it's going to take a not of a course. miracle, but it's going to take quite the run to do it. Mm. But um, we their walls are going at the moment, and I think even with some of the top, you know, the big six out being out of the R Spurs, United, Arsenal, that they're, they're kind of far from convincing at the minute. Mm-hmm. I think Leicester could very well sneak a top four place. Um, but I think kind of that top those top half spots are really up for grabs at the moment. I don't think 
I think Palace are, are kind of tenth or something like that. And I don't think uh, they've really Palace twelfth, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean they're they're all thereabouts, and they haven't really kind of set the world alight either. So yeah. I think it's it's really kind of anyone's game to be honest. If they can get to. I'm going to say till Willy Bolly gets back. If Willy Bolly's like, let's say, let's say, and we spoke to Paul Darby last week, and we're, we're, we're going to be speaking to him later on in the show as well because he obviously fantastic uh, feedback for, from last week. If, if if they can get back to to that that international break in February where we think Willy Bolly will, has got a great chance of returning and be in this mix that they are in now, not necessarily six, not necessarily seven, they might be ninth, but two or three or four points away from your top seven and still in the Europa League. I'd bite your hand off with that going into the last, you know, the last ten games of the season, where or last fifteen games of the season, when where you think that, that that Wolves came into their own last year. Yeah, um, it's it's it, it is it is you do have to kind of pinch yourself as to where Wolves are. I did kind of you know, being a bit of a pessimist at times, which which you guys will know. Um, I I did think that. You know, perhaps let's kind of temper our expectations a little bit more this year, and and maybe a twelfth or thirteenth place finishes on the cards, and it could very well still be on the cards. But um, I, th- I think it's 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 not it's not unrealistic to to target um, you know tenth to seventh that kind of area. I think top six. I think that I don't think anybody really should be realistically. Targeting that, I think that is, um, d- despite the, the struggles of Arsenal, United, and, and Tottenham, as we say, um, I think that is just too far a stretch, to be honest. But um, you know, tenth to seventh, anywhere in that bracket, you know, because that kind of fight for seventh, even though Wolves ended up getting it quite soundly at the very end, it was kind of you know neck and neck for quite a while um, last season. So. If Wolves are in that position again, the final weeks of the season, that would be absolutely fantastic. So, Wolves, what do you reckon Wolves can do this season? What you've seen a few Premier League teams this year, obviously from from what what you've seen so far, they, they haven't hit top gear yet. But mm-hmm. at the same time, have you been have you been blown away by anyone? No, not really blown away by anyone thus far. I mean, you know, I didn't get to see Wolves at City, which was a, a fantastic game, and Wolves obviously playing really well. We're not seeing Liverpool yet, and everyone's talking about how great they are this season and a force to be reckoned with. Um, and I have to sort of think it, a lot of people are underestimating Sheffield United and, you know, the way that Chris Wilder works his teams. I saw that Sheffield United team back back when they were in League One and, and the way that he organises his team. And it, it's just fantastic to see a coach as brilliant as Chris Wilder getting the success that he deserves and and getting Sheffield United to the level that they are and, and performing up there and you know they've got the points on the board so they deserve to be up where they are at this moment in time yeah. um, it's one of those um, where I was just speaking to Matt Murray earlier former Wolves goalkeeper and he says um, that you know it's great to be a Wolves fan you know he was he joined the club at nine years old you know he's watched them over the years thinks this is the best team he's seen best Wolves team he's seen um, and now he's saying, you know, you go to teams like Man United, and you, you know, you go to your Arsenal's, and you, you sat there, and you're getting results. And it's these teams coming up, you know, your Bournemouths, your, your Sheffield Uniteds, and you know the teams are past that you'd be thinking, right, if we can get three points off these. Whereas now Wolves are kind of in a different position economically, fi- um, financially, which is the same thing, <laughs> 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 but just in a complete 
position where they are actually going to, you know, the heavyweights, the top six, I'm thinking, you know what, it's not a case of, oh, we'll need to rest because we've got, you know, a, a big game against Bournemouth. But then, on that flip side, they need to start picking up more, less of these draws against the likes of, you know, your Southampton, your Crystal Palace, and getting the three points against teams like that. Mm-hmm. That's now what Wolves need, Wolves need to focus on. Yeah, and they've got a bit of a break. Eh? You say need a rest. Eh? Some of the players are going to get a rest. Um, some of them are out at Compton. Um, others have gone on international duty. Uh, Joe, um, who, who, who's, who's at Compton and who's, who's gone away? So a fair, fair few are actually away. Um, 11 in, in total. Um, I think the kind of the games that are kind of starting uh, today for them as well. You've got the usual Portugal lot, Patricia, Martinia, Neves and Jota. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doherty's with Ireland, Dendonka with Belgium, Saiz Morocco. Uh, and then you've got some of the young boys, Catrone with Italy's under-21s, Vinagre and Neto with Portugal's under-21s. And then, despite the manager saying he wouldn't be called up uh, to, to the new year um, Raul Jimenez has gone away with Mexico as well for, for liar. games liar liar lie <laughs> for games at, in Panama and uh, at home against Bermuda so a fair bit of travel what's um, all that about how can you say one thing and then, and then just kind of like relay on it and then you know like you say I mean especially for someone like Jimenez who I thought benefited from that, from that break and we start we started to see the old Raul Jimenez hungry Raul Jimenez mm. um, starting to look I mean you saw how many chances he had on, on, on Sunday and then, and then you, you, when he scored that second you, you saw how much it meant to him as well because he was desperate to score but I think you were just getting that match sharpness back and then you, then you, you know he's getting hauled off to, to Panama yeah, it's uh, it's not exactly ideal for Wolves, but I've, Jimenez, um, at the same time now, he's the poster boy, isn't he, uh, yeah. Yeah. for Mexico, he really is, um, I mean, that's the whole point, kind of, Wolves have done this third shirt, basically styled on Mexico, because it's, you know, as well as being, you know, a nice shirt, it's it's, it's a pretty pretty strategic marketing ploy as well, um, but he, he's Lexi- Mexico's leading man now. And you've got to think that there's some, some, you know, bit on the player's part as well. He, he's, a, he's kind of a, he's a very proud player, isn't he? he wears his, wears his art on his sleeve whenever he wears a wolf shirt, and it's the same whenever he wears a, a Mexico shirt. He doesn't seem to take his, you know, position with the national team for granted. So you've got to think that Raúl as well is chomping at the bit, wanting to represent his nation too. It's, it's not exactly. Um, 100% ideal for, for Wolves you, you, you'd like him at Compton resting up recharging the batteries so to speak but the, the type of player that he is um, he, he, he knuckles down uh, what, whatever the uh, whatever the weather to be honest so, uh, when, I when think can we expect him back? well he, he's, his last game's on on Wednesday um, <sighs> so the early hours of Wednesday, um, our time. So, so you're looking at probably back. Thursday or Friday, then, aren't you? Really, which isn't yeah. ideal. I mean, do, would you would you say that would put him um, in doubt to to start at Bournemouth if he's going back, let's say, late Thursday, early Friday morning, even? Perhaps. Um, Cattrall is playing on the Tuesday night that was well. We've really yeah. under twenty one. So, and then Jota is with. Well, Jota finishes up with Portugal on on Sunday, so still yet to get senior cap, that, isn't he? So he should be fine. The house four should be fine, um, mm. but yeah, in terms of who plays up front, who leads the line, that's perhaps a perhaps a bit of a toss up between Catrone and Jimenez because they have both been away. So perhaps perhaps Jimenez keeps hold of his shirt. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Okay, good stuff. Um, 
we shall see and we'll obviously be previewing the Bournemouth game in, in the podcast next week with international break nice to have a weekend off for some of you although I'm going to Walsall on Saturday can't wait for that one um, right Paul Darby like I say the former Wolves physio Paul Darby gave us a, a great insight into, into Willie Bolly's injury last week I had the pleasure of speaking to him uh, today as well um, we've gone um, again looking at another injury to another Wolves player Meriton Shabani people will remember him um, and obviously the Disturbing when he when he went down um, in agony uh, in that Reading Carabao Cup game, and, and unfortunately it was his ACL that's gone. Um, so again, he's just going to give us um, well, it's a few minutes into his CDW, I think. So he's just going to give us a little bit of the lowdown about the ACL and when we might expect to see Shabani back. And here is that interview. So I'm delighted to be joined by Paul Darby, a second week running back by popular demand. Uh, Paul, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. You've got some great feedback from your insight into Willie Bolly. Um, and now we're going to talk about another injury, one that was preceded Bolly, but but obviously as equally, well, maybe more so um, from the serious point of view, and that is Meriton Shabani. Um, he was stretched off in the Carabao Cup game, if you all remember, um, with a, a serious-looking knee injury, and, and it came out that he'd ruptured his ACL. Uh, Paul, do you want to give us maybe just a bit more insight into what is an ACL how severe that is, uh, and uh, and maybe some some recovery times, etc. Yeah, I'd be glad to. An ACL is an anterior cruciate ligament, and actually, you have two of these ligaments in your knee. You've got the anterior cruciate, which is at the front, yeah. and the posterior cruciate, which is at the back, and they cross over. They form like a cross in the middle of the knee, and they're an essential function of the knee because they stabilise the knee. So, if you can imagine when a, when you're running along and you stop. So therefore, you, you put your foot into the floor and your lower leg stops. Yeah. What stops your upper leg shooting over your kneecap is your anterior cruciate ligament. Right. So it's the breaking system of the knees. Uh, and when you rupture one, and you can rupture it in several degrees, in fact, but it would sound like this young guy has completely ruptured it, then you haven't got a breaking mechanism. So the, the knee becomes completely unstable. And it sounded horrible at the time. He's in absolute agony. I guess it's something that can really feel you can really feel it because there's no one around him there was no one there wasn't it wasn't a challenge it wasn't a contact injury it was just him turning or, or running and all of a sudden he's down in, in, in absolute screams yeah that that's kind of the mechanism really um if he's in agony then it's likely that he's, he's actually injured other structures around his knee at the same time because the one real strange phenomenon about acl injuries is that the the guy can report the injury and there appear to be no real trauma involved and it doesn't get that swollen and, and you think well what what is this but when you test it it has what we call laxity it just moves around too much mm. and you realize the knee is unstable um what often happens certainly in, a, in high performing athletes if they damage that anterior cruciate ligament then they also damage other structures within the knee and there's a little syndrome where they damage what's called the medial collateral ligament which is a ligament on the outside of the knee and the meniscus which we you and i would call a cartilage right and you and you damage a little tri triangle wall three okay. together and that's what makes it quite a significant serious injury yeah so so i believe he's i'm not sure whether he's, he's had his operation straight away or he's, he's having it very very soon um from a is, is it a, is it a pretty straightforward operation or is it something that's very does it just depend on on the severity of it yeah exactly that um if it's a complete okay so let's rewind a little bit the it's a ligament which means it's like a the white sinew in material you you cut out of your meat you know it's not very tender 
And the fact that it's white means it hasn't got a great blood supply, where obviously muscle's red because it's got a blood supply. So it doesn't heal very well. Mm -hmm. And so if it completely ruptures, in other words, as a slice the way through it, then it's not going to heal on its own. Um, now you get different degrees of rupture, so sometimes some of the fibres are held together. And if that's the case, then you can rehabilitate the knee, make it really strong, and, and, and get reasonably good function from it mm. without surgery. Um, but it would appear that this uh, young guy has actually completely ruptured it, and it's got to be repaired, otherwise he'll have an unstable knee, and you can't play football, rugby, or any sport with me that's unstable. So, so time frame-wise, what, what are we looking at? I mean, is this a season-ender? We're looking, I assume, you know, season-ending in May time. We probably won't see him until, until next season, would you say? I would think that would be reasonable. But then again, you look, I mean, there's been quite a few high-profile ACLs in the last couple of years. Zlatan was a classic mm. one who had an ACL injury, uh, had surgery, and he made a fantastic recovery, really, to come back to play Premier League football in such a short space of time. But you are really talking about a season-long injury here, if it's a complete rupture. So the process would be that they'd give it a few days just to settle down for some of the swelling to come out, then it would be scanned, and then they would go in for surgery. Okay, and um, Shabani's 20 years old, so does it depend on, I mean, you talk about Ibrahimovic, and obviously he's... Um, getting on a little bit in years 33, 34, I think, when he did it. Um, Shabani, 20 years old, plenty of time to recover, you say? And does it help that, that he is so youthful, would you say? Yeah, it does. I mean, they, these guys are high-performing athletes, are very fit and healthy, so they do recover quite quickly. It'll depend a little bit upon uh, the, the procedure which they do, and there's several procedures, depending upon the type of injury and where it is. Um, but it'll all come down, the surgery on quite confident will be successful. It'll come down to two things, effective rehabilitation, and the club have got some of the best there are to, to do that rehabilitation for him. And then it'll come down to his own mental strength when he comes back into training. Because it's always a very big question about whether guys can come back into the sport at the level they were at from a mental point of view. Yeah. You know, will he enter the same challenges and has he got the confidence of it? That's part of the, the, the mental, the medical team's job really is to build not just his muscle strength mm -hmm. and his endurance and fitness, mm -hmm. but bring him back into it again. Um, and going forward, I mean, I, I'm, I can remember I was a good friend of mine when I was at Middlesbrough called Matthew Bates and he did his, he did his ACL on his right knee, then he did it on his left knee, then he did it, injured the same right knee again, three within the space of two or three years. He ended up having a pretty good career, and um, but there was always always seemed to be a, a weakness there, or whether whether I don't know whether that was that's um, just because of him, and he's very unfortunate. But is there a once you've had that and had an injury like that, is there a, is there a potential weakness there or susceptibility to to re-injure it? Uh, I, I would think the research and evidence says that the actual original injury is really strong, mm. but what we see repeatedly is ancillary parts of the body taking stresses and strains so it's not that unusual for a guy coming back to be out with a hamstring problem mm. and then a calf problem and then a hip problem so some of the muscles that have been working really high performing around the knee and the hip with the layoff mm -hmm. and then the rehab which is very centered around the knee it seems that sometimes we find that other other ancillary injuries creep into that yeah. very interesting um thanks paul Bit, bit more, bit more. Wanted to speak to you about actually here now. Um, obviously, it's international break. A lot of the players are, are at Compton Park, um, having having a rest or you know training day to day, but um, a little bit of a, a break away from from competitive football. However, 
there is a lot of players on international duty now. The likes of the, the Portuguese players going to Portugal and back probably should should be fine. But when it comes to someone like Raul Jimenez and and travelling to Mexico and then coming back and he's away in Panama um, until like next Wednesday, flying back next Thursday, there's a game on Saturday. Jet lag and fatigue and tiredness, how much does that affect players uh, or do you think it, do you think maybe that's over over overestimated these days and, and the way that they actually are? I think it certainly affected players when I was in the game full time because um, the travel arrangements were somewhat archaic compared yeah. to what the travel arrangements are now. I mean, I'd, I'd be absolutely amazed if you didn't come back on a private jet for mm-hmm. one, or at least at the very front end of the aircraft, yeah. a commercial aircraft. So the, as long as he's got his. Um, his body clock in the, in the right schedules. In other words, when he gets on the plane, he'll he'll put himself into Mexican time or wherever he's playing. Yeah. And then when he gets out of there, he'll come back into England time and he'll hydrate himself correctly and eat correctly. Really, it shouldn't take him more than forty eight hours to feel that he's he's back. Oh, really? That 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 yeah. soon? And and I mean, we we've talked about and, and discussed as well with with some of the players, even even in European football, when they're coming back. They're on the private jet. They've got electronic stimulation now, fast twitch muscles, etc. I mean, they've got everything. I'm sure they're wearing compression tights, compression tops. I mean, everything is there for them to, to put them in the best possible situation. Yeah, you have, clubs invest money to make sure that once they've stopped playing in, in, say, Ecuador or wherever they are in the world, that they don't, don't have a 10, 11, 12-hour flight where they're just sitting and obviously um, not looking after themselves. So Some champagne and pretzels. Exactly man. right, yeah. <laughs> got have, they, got, they have a protocol in place that means that when, well, even while they're flying, rehabilitation or relaxation or recovery is taking mm-hmm. place. And, and it's important to understand that. It's the recovery. I mean, when you get... A lot of people say to me, oh, they, oh, they don't work that hard, they don't train that long. But um, I say to people, it's not actually when you're exercising that you're getting the benefit, it's in the recovery phase. Sure. So therefore, recovery is really, really important. And that's just go back to your ACL. Mm. Once the operation's taken place and all the strengthening work, but you have to recover from all that work, which is why it's an extended period. Right. So if you're not applying yourself and the club haven't quite got recovery status right, mm-hmm. then it can affect performance. That's why historically in over the last few years, Thursday night's Europa League seemed to have seemed to have an effect where Wednesday, Saturday Champions League hasn't. Yeah. Um, but it would look like um, sort of the Wolves at the moment appear to have the Europa League recovery under, under well under control. Yeah, fantastic. Paul, thank you so much. Um, we we are, I want to say, I forgot to say before before we started, in your in your superb clinic. Um Paul, if, if anyone's um, interested in, in, in coming to see you or, or, like you say, looking after some advice, if you just say, say again, your, your sign, your contact details. Yeah, I work from Health and Harmony Centre in Albrighton. Uh, the best way would be to email, which is paul at pauldarby.com. And remember, Darby is D-A-R-B-Y. Paul, thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Uh, fingers crossed we see Shabani sooner rather than later. It seems, I mean, like I said, we haven't seen too much of him, but I think there's, a, there's obviously, they've signed him for... For plenty of potential there, and like I say, it's always uh, be always great to see him back on the pitch. I'm sure he'll get a fantastic reception when he returns. Right, some questions for both of you. Are you ready? Are you ready? No. Come on. Okay, here we go. Well, you you will be ready, Swarbs, because you're getting the first one. Okay. Paul Mansell. Um, the more I think about the Arsenal game, the more I think we're ahead of them as a club. Would you agree that only uh, Aubameyang would get in our team now? There's a lot of talent in that Arsenal side, but I think the way that Wolves sort of set themselves up and, and play, you wouldn't want 
I think Nuno looking at it, he'd just be like, it's it's one of those. It's easy to look on paper and say, oh yeah, that player had had fit into ours or this and that. But the way that Wolves do their sort of recruitment policy and and how Nuno brings in sort of, I, I remember reading something about when he brought um, Jimenez in and he, he was saying, you know, you're going to be my man, you're going to be my leading sort of striker and stuff like that. I'm not too sure. There's, there's obviously a lot of talent in that Arsenal side. But I think Wolves across the board in every position, 3-4-3, three, three, you know, you've got players, 3-4-3, three, three, the 3-5-2, three, you know, obviously missing if you had Willy Bowley back, your stronger side, you know it straight away, don't yeah, you? Yeah, of course, exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, it says Aubameyang. I'd, I'd have a couple more in there at least, wouldn't you, uh, Joe? Aubameyang would be the definite. Um, would you not? I, would you, I mean, Lacazette? No. You I'll wouldn't, you not? That. I'd take him in as I have a Lacazette all day long. Um, Lacazette hasn't scored for weeks, has he, either? I, 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 don't think, Lac- I think Lacazette is uh, a good striker, but I don't think he's, he's, he's top draw like Aubameyang. Ozil, uh, would you have Ozil in there? No. No, no I wouldn't have Ozil. No. I'd, probably the other one I'd probably Tierney. have is, is, is Torreira okay. uh, in, the, in the middle of the park. I just think he'd have a, a nice... Nice dynamic. He's a, a bit more of a snotter, isn't he? Um, get get stuck in. He's probably the other one I'd take. The defense, no. Uh, so you say. So you, so you're both saying that Wolves are a better team on paper than Arsenal. Should Wolves be finishing above Arsenal now? Have they overtaken them? I don't think they should be finishing above them necessarily. I think you look at Arsenal, and I think that they're still their depth is is, is better uh, than, than Wolves is. You know, you look at you look at their bench if. Now, Ozil hadn't been playing had he for for a lot of the season. You got players like Ozil to kind of bring into the side. You know, that got that Martinelli who's been scoring goals for for fun. Yeah, Pepe um, hasn't went seen the best of Pepe. Pe- Pepe, Tierney, you know, Tierney and Kolasinac have been kind of swapping about. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I think that's the difference. Um, but in terms of one one to eleven, I don't think there's much between it at all. Kate Wright, judging by the Villa player ratings, Rosie, uh, are we seeing a return for her to abuse of the week? If you want to, <laughs> well, you you can't win on player ratings, though, can you? You literally can't win. You're always gonna you're always gonna get some some backlash. Yeah, um, it is a poison charge, isn't it, Joe? From you doing it and and, and Mr. Spears when oh, he used to God, do it, used yeah. to hate doing it. You knew you were gonna get something back, aren't you? Can't please anyone. Yeah, big big time. And even if like everybody's play, you know, even if it's a win and you know you've won three or four nil, and then you give somebody, I, I think it was the um, the Besiktas game I was kind of doing the player ratings from home and um, I did I gave Bolly a 9 and you know it, oh if Bolly's not a 10 you should be sacked and it's like you know <laughs> see, even when you're giving someone a 9 out of 10 you'll get one or two saying yeah, you know, yeah, I'd love sometimes when people tweet you that you should be sacked to actually walk into the work, their workplace and just be like well I think you should be sacked. I love. Well, I'd love <laughs> to do that. I mean, that could be like, a new segment. Yeah, let's walk into your workplace and demand that you're sacked. Swarbs, Swarbs working into yeah. white workplaces and demanding, to, demanding to see uh, the manager. Fantastic! I love that. Yeah, we could do that a little bit of visuals. I love it. Um, Matthew Scriven, Scrivo, Scrivo, uh, with Ben, with Dendonka coming good at right centre back and Bennett back fit. Is there the possibility of Vallejo? being sent back to Real in January given now he hasn't started or really impressed um, and could left centre-back be more of a focus in the January transfer window if it was up to me I'd send him back tomorrow <laughs> honestly and that 
and I don't mean to say we've just just lost Jesus Vallejo as a listener and he's just just logged off and I don't mean to sound too harsh I think just just sometimes with players it doesn't necessarily work out and especially you see with foreign players I know it's a stereotype but it, it, it does exist that foreign players take time to adjust to the league we saw it with Ndonka but the difference with Ndonka is that Wolves had you know the agreement made to to buy him uh, so they kind of had to persist with him in that way there is no option to buy uh, Vallejo and even if there was at this stage Wolves wouldn't take it up to be honest um, with, with, with how he's performed so I, I think just I think it would benefit all parties I really do to, to, to send him back get Vallejo uh, to a place where he's going to be playing regular football and mm. hopefully enjoying his football a little bit more um, do you know I think just some me? signings Sorry. Don't, don't necessarily work and mm. um, I, I think this is probably one of those, to be honest. It reminds me of a situation last year, I think, um, which was which was a bit not wasn't toxic, but it was. Um, you felt sorry for him in, in Held Costa, and yeah. you could see his confidence had completely sapped. It wasn't Held Costa we knew from the Championship, you know, or, or some of the brilliant Premier League games he had as well. But that second half of the season was rough, and and and, and Nuno knew it. And he was still on the bench, but you could tell that you know he was just he was just a passenger, wasn't he? He wasn't ready to come on when he did. He didn't do much, and uh, you know he, he they, they cut ties at the end of the season. You kind of get that impression with um, uh, with Vallejo, but at the same time, Costa was a permanent player, and you know he started still had time some time on his contract to run. When you've got someone who you're not invested in long term, who's who's on a on a loan. Um, there's no real scope to keep him really is if, if he's just you know like you say having a place as an unused sub on the bench when you can get that give that to a youngster well like, exactly and Max Kilman has looked straight streets ahead whenever whenever he's played uh, he's, do, he's done really well and obviously the club think highly of uh, Dion Sanderson as well who is a right-sided defender and if you're looking at those games you know where you're looking to change things up a little bit Perhaps the Besiktas game um, coming up in Europa League uh, that could be a dead rubber. So, I think personally, I'd, I'd like to give uh, Sanderson a run out over of a how to be honest. But um, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. That's just my opinion. Obviously, he could turn out to be good. But um, yeah, I think sometimes if 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 he's not in your long term strat- strategy, um, it could be a little bit of time wasted. To be honest. Swarbs, Chris Wood says, battered chips, yay or nay? I've not had them yet. I've heard about them, aren't they? They're meant to be like... Is that, is a wolf's, that, is is that, that the orange chips? I don't know, Joe. Yeah. What, is, that, is, that a, is that a Wolves thing, the Wolverhampton thing, is it? Yeah, battered kind chips. of like a yeah, Wolverhampton slash Black Country thing, yeah. Orange? Um, what do you mean, orange? Yeah, kind of like battered... Yeah, kind of like orange depends you, where you go it depends where you go it can be a bit more orange in certain places so when but. you say battered chips and this is this is, I'm, I'm a genuine question here from someone who was who was roasting Brussels sprouts till late last night and they were delicious by the way absolutely stunning um, so, so do you get the chips out of the fryer like a fish and chip shop and then you put them in the fish batter and then you put them back in is that battered chips yeah I, yeah, I think I think so I've never really kind of delved into the uh, into the you're process you've not had any before but no, no, I've had I've had plenty. Um, the, what do you have on gravy? No, no, not really. A bit of bit of salt and vinegar, a bit of bit of ketchup maybe on the side. But it, it's um, one of those that ketchup where it's chipping. Oh no, you can't. You can't. I ketchup nowhere near my fish and chips. It's disgraceful. They're better in small doses. In 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 my in my. What? Well, yes, anyway. for your heart. 
<laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You don't want a big bag of them. Um, but if I if I tend to choose chips on the chippy, I just tend to have normal chips. So if I went into just a regular chip shop in Wolverhampton and asked for battered chips, everyone would do them. Pretty much, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be, be, be surprised mm-hmm. if they didn't. We'll have to do it for next week's podcast. Should we do it? Should we do it? I'll have if you test. if you bring some in. I'll, I'll have one battered chip with you. I'll have half. I'll have half. Wow. Have that's, half. No ketchup that's, that's, though, that's mate. Quite the ketchup. Statement. Ketchup's disgraceful. Do, uh, David Allerton um, asks. With the way Adama has transformed, could we start seeing these sort of levels on the other wing with Vinagra, possibly using him when Jota is not available and playing him further forward as time goes on? That's a really good question, actually, from David. Um, you know, can we see? Could could we see someone like Ruben Vinagra get, getting into that Troyer position on that left-hand side of, that, of, of a forward line? Anyone? I hope so. Anyone? <laughs> So it's not. It's difficult when we've got we've got one at we've got one at home. We've got one. We'll go with Joe first, then maybe Rosie. You can pipe. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, go, go, go. Um, um, Yeah, I hope so. He's um, he hasn't quite come on to the level that I thought he might last year. Um, His defensive side of his game still needs a bit of work, to be honest. Still needs quite a bit of polishing up. But he's he's still very young. yeah, I could. I'd quite like him in that left wing position, to be honest. Mm. Um, I haven't been overly convinced with Pedro Neto so far. Um, I think he's. I think he's had a few bright moments, um, but he looks to me like a player that will be very good in two or three years' time. And he's perhaps, you know, it's quite early for him yet. I don't know if he's quite ready for the demands of the Premier League, but um, he's, a, he's a promising player. Um, so yeah, Vinagre would be nice mm-hmm. to see him tried in that left wing position to see if he could have a similar impact. Agree, Swabs, yeah, when you start seeing Yeah, I, I like the look of him. Every time I've seen him, I think it, he's, he's shown... I, I just want to see a bit more of him, mm-hmm. because obviously I haven't been able to watch sure. last season and as much as like everyone else has. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I, I'd really like to see a bit more of him. He's one of those players every time you sort of walk away and when you get a glimpses of the younger players or, or the players that are kind of next in line mm-hmm. or or ready to take someone's place, you're just there like, oh, OK, I, I just want to see more of you. be interested to see if it works on training, you know. That's a, I think it's a good question, whether you know the, he has playing him further forward you know, in training games or whatever. And, you know, you, if there's time to experiment, it could be in an FA Cup game where you could play Doc and... Uh, Doc and Johnny, and then play those two, Traore and Vinagra, as you know, as a front, as a part of a front three. It'd be very interesting with Catroni if you're playing someone like Macclesfield at home or someone. No offence to Macclesfield, but you know, plenty of offence to Macclesfield. Um, right, okay. Should we get through some questions very, very quickly? Okay, I want, I want very yeah, quick yeah. answers. You ready? Because um, we'll try yeah. and get, try and get a fair few before we've got, we've got another segment coming up. Uh, Benjamin Middleton, what's the first priority in the January shopping list? Centre back, centre midfield, or striker? Centre back. Send it back, Joe. Uh, send it back, yeah. Sam Findle, CM Punk return, ruined or a way of building the hype further? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, this went, this went is to, one for you. Yeah, isn't he went it? to WWE backstage. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it. I, want, I wanted to see a pop. I wanted to see. I wanted to see from absolutely yeah. nowhere a big event or a Raw or a SmackDown, but not a WWE backstage. Yeah. You wanted on, a Raw or SmackDown in Chicago, didn't you, to get that yeah. pop? Yeah. Um, and he said he's coming back next week. A little so bit, is he coming little back bit underwhelming, but hopefully it leads to something bigger. Oh, I mean, sure, be, I'm sure it'll be massive when he comes back. Yeah, I would, I would have liked to see that from absolutely nowhere. That would have, that would have been genius. But anyway, we shall see. Um, do you concur, Swabs? Yeah. Who was your favourite uh, wrestler back in the day? Later. 
Lita, really? Yeah, oh, interesting. I wouldn't have thought that was interesting. Lita, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Um, right. Jamie Walters. Um, any info on Braga letting Wolves fans buy tickets in the home end? Have you, I haven't heard that. Joe? Uh, I've heard of one or two exploring it. <laughs> okay, uh, not you though, no. You'll no, get your press, not, not me. You'll, you'll, but, get, you'll, um, you'll get your press Yeah, pass. people are explore, exploring it as an option, I believe, yeah. Mm, uh, be careful, though, guys, be careful. Um, Gary Stewart, with Dendonka playing well at the back with Wolves still looking to sign a centre-back in January, or would they go for a midfielder instead uh, with Dendonka doing so well? Well, there's just been some quotes that I'm about to put up on the Express and Star from Ooh, nice uh, Wolves, who's head of recruitment, John, uh, John Marshall. He was, he was sort of asked about... He, he said Ruben... Neves isn't for sale. He's obviously a, a midfielder. And then he was asked about um, Frank Kessie at um, AC Milan, and who um, just so, said, you know, um, they wouldn't. He wouldn't think that they go for him as a target in January because they have so many players in midfield. Um, and he he sort of dismissed as well a, a, a link to for for Wolves to go for um, Palmer midfielder Dejan Kulusevski. Which I can't pronounce. Wow. I know. <laughs> Kulu, 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 There, that one. Okay. Yeah. Um, Kulusevsky. He's good. He's. Yeah, good yeah. player. Yeah. He's a but good player. They've, they've sort of dismissed. Like it sounds like this is you know Wolves' head of recruitment who's out there watching. You know, it, this was in Amsterdam where he spoke to some Italian journalists, and this is where the quotes from they come from Italy, um, and. The, so it sounds like you know we've got enough midfielders, so it kind of looks like that's not an area where the higher ups are looking to strengthen. I know you can sort of think, oh, if you get an injury in there, but they're quite happy if they keep holding Neves and Moutinho, you know, and you know Dendonka will probably move back forward once Bowley um, is back in what we estimate to be February, mm-hmm. um, given what Paul Darby said the other day. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those areas where I'd I'd definitely see that central defence would be an area they'd look to strengthen, and I think they'll give more time to Catrone. Obviously, they brought him in in the summer to sort of be a not a backup for Jimenez, but to push Jimenez for you know competition and that central striker role, or even play alongside him. Um, and for me, I, I think the priority, given how big a blow we saw it is, we've seen it be with Bowley um, just to probably recruit because I think Joe mentioned it the other day where they've all, they've been looking to sort of not replace Ryan Bennett but they've been looking to bring in competition for that sort of right-sided role that's why initially Dendonka was brought in so I think there'll definitely be Vallejo obviously brought in this summer as well I think and as we've sort of discussed already it's not perhaps working out as you'd expect with Vallejo, so that's an area that I can definitely see being strengthened. Sure. Also, realistic chance of us signing Ruben Diaz, Joe? Uh, no, the, uh, no. <laughs> no, I, no, 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 no. No, I don't see. It. I think he'd command. It'd be too high, too much money. Mm, no, it's, it's um, he's going to be a lot of money. It'd be interesting to see whether they spend big or not. I, I can't see, but but like I say, we shall see. Um, look, we're running out of time this week, so I'm going to change it around a little bit. Um, Bully is going to move to next week now. 
because um, we're going to finish off with this podcast with some questions I've got for you two um, in a little segment um, called Believe It or Not. Is that okay, guys? So basically, I'm going to I'm going to give you um, a, a statement, and you've got to say whether you believe it or you don't believe it. Basically, okay. So you can both agree or you can not agree, whatever you think's best. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'll give you a statement. You say basically believe it or don't believe it. I'll just let each one of you just just button when you want to. Diogo Jota will still score ten league goals this year, this season. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. Mm. Why not? I, I don't believe it either. Okay. I just don't think he'll hit ten goals. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as in, as in what? Because because I mean. He's he's out of form. Do you feel? Do you not feel he'll go on a bit of a bit of a goal scoring run? I mean, he's obviously got a Premier League hat trick already to his name. I think he's capable. Mm. I just I just think there's other stri- other sort of attacking players that are, are at the forefront this season, like your tri- Triores and your, your Jimenezes. And I just think that he will. Um, I think he brings a lot to the game. I think he brings he moves the ball forward. Which, you know, sometimes when you're doing a player rating or you're doing a snapshot, I've been quite critical of the way he's taken chances and the end product that he's bringing. Um, I do think he needs to bring more end product, but the other stuff that he brings to the game, you know, the the electric flashes, it's like Triori when they allow other people to have space in the game because if you sort of leave off. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think he will score 10 goals, but that's not me saying that I don't think he'll improve or, or get better. Or I think he's a fantastic player. I just want to see more. Okay, good stuff. Uh, next one: Morgan Gibbs White will go on loan in January. No. Don't believe it. Don't believe no. it. No. Um, no. Uh, uh, just on Jota quickly. I think he'll get ten goals, but I don't think he'll get ten in the league. In the I think league. he'll get ten across okay. all comps. Okay. Yeah. So go on then, Joe. You said you said don't believe it for um, for Morgan. No, just from. All the all the musings, what everyone's been saying, uh, that that the rate Morgan Morgan highly, and they want to keep him involved. Um, obviously, missed these last few weeks with with a ongoing back issue, um, but they they are big fans of Morgan. Mm. The, the club hierarchy, Nuno is a massive fan of mm. Morgan as well, and um, you know I think a lot of us uh, think that a loan would be beneficial. Um, but I've I've said it before, and I, I honestly think if, if Wolves, you know, annoy Morgan in any way um, by sending him out on loan or something like that, I genuinely think that one of the big clubs could come sniffing, um, despite the fact that he's not been um, absolutely amazing for Wolves. He's had some he's had some good good performances. He it was against Chelsea last last season where he was kind of his breakout performance, and. Um, you know these big clubs like to fill their home ground quarters. They like to have young players that they could potentially uh, sell on. Uh, yeah, I was going to say a lot, of the, a lot of the quota comes into it sometimes into play, doesn't it? That kind of overinflates prices. You'd, you'd think, and if they do take a chance on on three or four of them on on, on not a lot of money um, transfer wise and 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 compensation wise, and one of them hits, then then happy days. And, and when you do go to a bigger club like a like a Chelsea or a Manchester United or a, or a Man City. Your value stays the same or goes up, even if you don't play many games, doesn't it? When you come back to to resale, yeah, I think I think Chelsea could. I, I could see him going to Chelsea. I really could, I, you know, because they they buy players with the intention of never kind of even having them play for the first team. If it was them just 
buying him to to loan to Vitesse. He has a good season for the Vitesse in the in the Dutch league, and then gets sold on for you know a, a nice bit of profit. Uh, I could easily see that. I mean, so I think Wolves have got to be careful in that respect, and they will uh, keep him around. I think. Yeah, an exercise that Wolves have been doing very well as well themselves in the last season, uh, season and a half as well of, of you know signing players and selling them on. Right, next one. Um, Jesus Vallejo will not make another start for Wolves. Jesus Vallejo will not make another start for Wolves. Believe it or don't believe it. I think it goes back to the sort of... Um, believe it or don't believe it, Swarbs. My game first. Believe it or don't believe it. I believe it. Yeah, OK, oh, here we no, go. Oh, no, no. Oh, you don't well, believe it? No, as in, he'll start in like... I think he'll... You don't he'll, believe it then? No, I think he'll... Oh, I'm trying to think now. The Besiktas game, you know, if, if Wolves are through. Okay, he, yeah. Joe was just mentioning that mm-hmm. earlier. I do think there's a chance, you know, the European games are going, you know, mm-hmm. you've not got the Carabao anymore, but mm-hmm. you've still got the FA Cup coming up. So I can see him starting again for Wolves. League start is a different question. Good shot. I don't believe that he will make another league start for Wolves this season. Good shout. As well, this season. Because if he has a roaring pre-season, mm. you know, sometimes we, we've already spoken in this podcast about players adapting, taking time. You know, if well, he goes he, away... He's gone now, isn't he? He's, he's gone at the end of his lounge, so... Oh, yeah. He, yeah, but, like, he, if he... If they, if they, if they choose to it, re-sign him, but obviously they they're, not, they're, not gonna, they're not going to sign him if, <laughs> if, he's, um, if, he's, if he's no good, is, are they? So, I don't think he'll make another start now. No. You don't think what period in anything you think that he's going to go no, to? No, I've got a sneaky feeling that there might still be something riding on that Besiktas game. Um, yes. Possibly, mm. possibly group toppers, and mm. um, maybe he goes kind of similar to where he has in the past with mm. Benny Cody Kilman. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's the one. It wouldn't surprise me if actually, I mean, again, we'll, we'll discuss this at a later date. Is if they go half and half against Braga at best. I know they need a point to qualify, but at the same time, with the the glut of games that are coming up, and that they should potentially have enough to at least get a point over there, if not three, and with the uh, the comfort of, of finishing up and, and finishing at home against a team that are already out of the group and out of out of any chance of qualification, it makes sense to me that they that they'll rest quite a lot. Yeah. Um, Ruben Neves will command the highest transfer fee from the current squad. Believe it or don't believe it. Rosie? I'm just I'm thinking first because if you put his age into it, you add value onto it. So it's it's one of those. But right now This is for if, what you think their transfer fee is not per, not personal for, but what you can see other clubs yeah. looking at the players. But you've got to say that Jimenez still commands a high transfer fee, proven goal scorer at the highest level, and goal scorers um, go for like ridiculous amounts of money. Um, but obviously he's twenty eight now, so he's getting on in in years. So you think that probably that's gonna? I mean, we've yeah, but he's still it's still got three or four. You know, if he's he's hitting his prime now. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna buy someone mm. in the prime, you think currently got he's someone, got the most market you've got value. Who's, who's tried and tested, haven't you? But then up the other end, there's Willie Bowley as well, who you know is at the like twenty eight years old, prime of prime of his career. I know he's got the injury, obviously, but if you think in the summer. Those two. The thing with Neves is his age, because he's 22, and I think someone tweeted me the other day saying, you know, we call Kilman a youngster, but we don't call Neves a youngster. It's it's a weird thing, because you just think he's such an established player for Wolves in the Championship, and 
the amount of games he's got under his belt, the amount of experience, you know, he's got championship experience, Premier League experience, Europa League experience, international experience for 22. So you're buying experience, not just future investment, because, you know, he could be at the peak of his powers up until he's 35 in central midfield. So it's one of those where future investment-wise, you could command a ridiculous fee if you're Wolves because you're saying, well, we've got this player tied down, we can ask what we want for him because we know that he's already established. You're not buying... You're not buying potential. Yeah, 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 you're not buying potential like Petrone or, or, you know, that sort of... And he's he's got the scope to improve as well and get even better, you know, from where he is at the moment, starting from Portugal there. Joe, would you say that he commands the highest transfer fee? He probably does, yeah. Probably does at the moment. Um, I think I know we discussed just... in the last podcast that that he, bizarrely enough, he would be the one who you would not be yeah, expanded but, but, but at but the that same time. That kind of ties into it, doesn't it? Yeah, of course mm-hmm. it does. Yeah, that, that kind of ties into it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to sell someone, you know, he, I, I don't think he'd necessarily be the most damaging sell, but I think he'd be the most high-profile sell. I think he'd get the most money. So if you're going to sell someone, get the most money in for them. Is the one that people look at as well? Like I just read a piece where he was linked to Man United and it's like, you know, and, and all this sort of stuff, every team that plays Wolves thinks about Neves, even though he'd had that 16-game goal drought before Sunday's game. The, he's the player that everyone goes, right, Wolves, Ruben Neves. Like, it's not, sometimes it's not even Jimenez, so he's automatically associated with Wolves when people are uh, doing their fantasy football teams, when they're, whatever, looking at things, they go, right, Neves, Moutinho, that sort of thing. They think so. of Wolves and they think of the, 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 they associate it, yeah. those, those yeah, kind of players the, with them. Yeah, so. absolutely. Okay, good stuff. We'll have to move on quickly, guys. And um, we've got a few to come, and uh, maybe some quicker answers before we have to go because we're running over a little bit today again. Uh, Wolves will Wolves will make the top seven in the Premier League and at least a Europa League quarter final. Believe it or don't believe it, Joe. Don't believe it. Don't don't believe it. Um, no, I think Balf. Balf is a uh, no. Not quite, not quite. Okay. I can see why people get get the ropes up, perhaps you know a little bit. It's it's not impossible, but no, I don't I don't believe it will happen. Rosie, Wolves have a better chance of winning the Europa League than Manchester United do. Believe it, yeah. Believe it, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think. I think Wolves, it's one of the competitions that they've been focused on from the start. They're really keen to win it, and I think it would mean more to them to win it than United, it would to United. So they're going to focus on it when it comes to like the FA Cup and stuff like that. And when it comes to, you know, later in the season, you know, if Wolves are, it's, it's going to be that whole thing, isn't it? We've already spoken in this podcast before about the difference between finishing 13th and the difference finishing 8th. Fifth, seventh place starts to look like it's not within a realistic grasp and the focus has to be on the Europa League. And I do. I think the way that they've approached it this season, yeah, you know, they've got the, you know, all of the sort of what you have with Manchester United is you have the managerial sort of not merry-go-round, but you've got every day when you look on Twitter or something, there's a new thing about they're either pro Solskjaer, anti Solskjaer. Sir Alex tips up, and everyone's like, bring Sir Alex back, and there's so much there, you know, transfer-wise when they're having all the sort of stuff at Man United. I think they're looking bigger than the Europa League and you know the the state of the state of the table this season they'll be looking towards those sort of t- the the top 4 again that sort of thing that'll be their focus rather than 
the Europa League. So I do think Wolves have a bigger chance. Joe, would you, would you say the same? And like I say, United have got problems in the league, um, but very quickly wrap it up. But at the same time, you know, if you're getting um, Pogba back and um, and they still are in the Europa League, but after the group stages and the knockout stages, then then of course they've got that 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 cheeky dangling of a carrot of a Champions League spot that uh, that that has been won before. And and look, that that might be the only chance of getting in the Champions League. Yeah, I think I think United, especially, it could be yeah, it could be the only trophy. Uh, Oli would need a trophy, wouldn't he? So I think they could very well go all guns blazing for the Europa League. So it's difficult to say. I'd, I'd probably just about fancy United over Wolves at this at this present time. Last two, last two, very quickly. Um, Joe Nuno will not be manager of Wolves next season. No, I think he'll be here. I think he will still be here. Um, yeah, I, I think the result could well be tested. You've got to have a look at what happens at Spurs. Um, you know, if Pochettino's still there, um, that could be one. United could be one as well. But would he be enticed by those, or would he have to be a Liverpool or a City or something like that? Arsenal, that's another one. But um, I think he will still be here. I think he will. Rosie? I think he'll still be here. I agree with Joe with that one word. You know, if you're looking. You know, where else, aside from the top jobs, you know, Liverpool, City, Arsenal, Arsenal still one of the top jobs, you know, Man United still one of the top jobs. I don't think you'd be, I think those are the only jobs you'd leave Wolves for mm-hmm. now um, in this current state of it. But there's always a chance for abroad, obviously, there's always a chance for him to go abroad. Um, I know he's been, start, obviously, he's, you know, a foreign manager from Portugal, so. It's one of those things, isn't he could it? Do multiple where, leagues, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, you'd it's, look at you'd look abroad, but mm-hmm. I do think he'll be in charge of Wolves because I think he's not finished. Yeah, I think he, I think he's definitely got one more season. In, hopefully, fingers crossed. He's got plenty more. Last one, last one, last one, guys. Wolves will splash the cash in January. Believe it or not. Mm, don't quite believe it. Don't quite. I think they will spend some money, but I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think they'll splash it. Um, Fausen a, a very financially, uh, you know, forward thinkers and strategic planners, and uh, everybody knows that January you play, you're paying inflated prices, and uh, Fausen will do it if necessary, but I don't think they'll necessarily go willy nilly, and um, yeah, they'll, they will spend some money, I believe, but um, not pay too much because I think you know there's a very good chance you can pay over the odds in January. Rosie, we won't go willy nilly because Willy Bolly might be back uh, in, in, in a month in a month's <laughs> yeah, time after January. It's yeah. one of those in it where you've got you know virtually a new sign and coming back in February to bolster um, your department. And at, at the moment, they've found a solution with the back at, at the back. You know, Den Donker, Sace alongside Cody, that seems to be working. You've got Ryan Bennett now back from injury, so you've got you know you've got Vallejo and Kilman also in contention with that. I just think if you're Nuno and if you're Wolves you're just sitting there a bit more going right we could do with a little bit of extra strength but it's one of those things I remember <laughs> covering a story ages ago and there was a striker that got injured um, around the November time and it was like a, the club were trying to keep it hush because they knew the length of his injury because they knew that if word got out to other clubs in that December that they didn't have a striker and they needed a striker and I think central defence sometimes is a similar position to a striker in that it can command a lot of money at times because it's an area that you really need someone of um, it's 
obviously the important thing of football, isn't it? You know, you need, you need strong players at both ends of the pitch. Um, so it's it's a department where they can basically um, command a big fee. So I think Wolves want to recruit in the central defensive market, but I don't think they will waste money. Mm-hmm. So when you say splash the cash, I think they will buy players, but I don't think they will pay a ridiculous amount because money obviously will, if the need is there, which it is with Bowley, I don't think they're going to be in a situation where they're going to, you know... Spend 30 million quid. Yeah, they're not going to waste money. They're not going to do it. Good stuff, guys. Enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Uh, Rose, you enjoyed it? I know it's been a bit weird with, with Joe at another, you know, in another continent, but at the same time, I think it's been, I think it's been good. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Um, I hope everyone liked my sort of answer to... Well, I didn't really answer it. I don't know. It's a bit, been a bit... Um, with the abuse of the week sort of thing, yeah, it's been a bit... You know, everyone's got their opinions, haven't they? Oh, everyone's got the opinions. Honestly, so, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know. read out some of the questions that I got um, um, at the end of this. You know, one of them says there are further replies, and you have to click, and then you'll yeah, go down. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. three or four of them. Don't worry about. Yeah. We, it, it, it just, it just means that that you've that you've got an opinion. If you've got an opinion, not everybody's yeah. going to like it. Yeah. Swabs, don't worry. Um, so. I might have to, might have to relay some of uh, some of Twi- Tim's good ones from, uh, from from previous years. There's some crackers in there. Yeah, I'll have to get the Tim book of how to sort of like sit. Deal with it, love. Yeah. Deal with it. Oh, you're doing a great job. Well done. Um, Joe, you get back to playing Mario Kart naked. Happy days. Think yeah, of that. and uh, with the cats as well. Got the cats on. Oh, so. the cats as well, yeah. yeah. Who's your favourite Mario yeah. Kart character, by the way? If you're going to choose someone, who is it? Just just Mario, I think. Just oh, yeah, just, no. just, just go with the tried and tested. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know who the best character is? Uh, Wal- Waluigi. Waluigi. Evil Luigi. He's the guy. Honestly, play with him this afternoon. I mean Luigi. Okay, we better go. Better go quickly. All right, guys, from Rosie, from Joe, from myself. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye bye.